Okay, so my Tinder profile says, I'm an activist with a little bit of talent. I like smart, educated, and well-informed grown-ups. Knowledge of recent world news is a must. Sorry, Habibi, New York is not the center of the universe. Note, I hate brunch, hipsters, American homos, Zionists, and Trump. And my photos are just... I didn't want to move anywhere, actually. I was, like, my plans before the war, just, like, to finish school and just, like, to stick around, work. Like, like I just I wanted to have, like, a normal life. So I, I get, like, weird... Wait, I will show you, like, the weirdest pickup lines. I, I didn't know that I will be, like, an asylum seeker at some point of my life. Uh, my name is Lubna Meray. I'm a Syrian asylum seeker, and I live in Bushwick, New York. It's very hard to find any foreigner who went to Syria and didn't fall in love with Damascus, especially the old town. Everything there smells better, tastes better, the people are nicer. And I miss, like, the jasmine there smells so different. We call it like uh, Yasmin Shami. It is the jasmine from Damascus. I knew that, okay, I'm, I'm growing up in a police state. You grew up believing that the walls have ears, so criticizing the government or saying anything against the government is not something you should do because you will probably end up in a jail or you will just disappear. I was not engaged in any political, like serious groups. I was just a college student. I was fascinated with like the emo culture, you know? I was like, I was like a normal teenager. But when the Arab Spring happened, like everyone was watching the Arab Spring on TVs, you know? The whole Middle East was like anticipating like, okay, where is the other, where is the next country now? What is the next country? The Syrian uprising began with a few teenagers. When 15-year-old Mohammed and a group of young boys spray-painted down with the regime on a school wall, they had no idea that their actions would spark a revolution. This is what Americans, they don't really understand about this uprising, that the first slogans for the Syrian uprising was not against Bashar al-Assad, was not against the government. They just wanted justice for these kids. I was in my hometown, and uh, we knew that this is... Like, this is the beginning. I felt the obligation to, to do something. And I remember, like, saying to myself, like, what am I going to tell my children in the future? You cannot witness the histories being written in your country and just sit back and watch and see who's going to win in this. The Syrian government did not allow any foreign correspondent to go inside the country. So it was our mission to show the world what was going on in Syria, and still no one cared. And then in 2012, I had to flee the government areas. It's scary, the amount of destruction. Not the destruction building-wise, but I'm always worried about like this young generation that has been without education for like the past six years. After 2012, I literally didn't spend like more than five days in one place. Back then, I was also in a very bad place mentally, you know, when you're like, you're losing friends on like daily basis and, and you go to places, you don't know if you're gonna be alive like the next week or not. Like this is not courage, this is depression. When you are not scared of death and when, when death to you and, and dead bodies and just like the sound of bombing the whole time becomes normal to you. When your best friend dies, um, 
and you just, you know, like you cry for a couple of hours and then you just move on. I like, I, I remember I landed here and I was like, shit, it smells so bad. Like, New York really smells bad. My friend came, picked me up from the airport, we had Joe's Pizza. Like, it took me kind of two days to kind of understand what was going on. Uh, people here, like, walk so fast and everyone just, like, super focused. In Syria, if you just, like, sat next to someone, at least you will look at each other and just, like, smile or, like, hello, salam alaikum. I, I started to have, like, lots of nightmares. When you find yourself in a stable place or in a stable country where you are not distracted, the things that you try to bury inside yourself, they start to flow on the surface, and that was scary. And then I started to do like meditation. I started like to eat well. This is when I actually I started like to write. Then I, I decided to see therapy. In the Middle Eastern culture, it's like a shameful thing to say that, okay, I'm seeking therapy. I have a psychiatrist and I'm not crazy. I'm doing it because we've been through shit. This is how you cope with the bad things that happen to you in order to be able to start over or to build your life. I like the phrase so much. I know that's so cheesy, but I, I love it. I will go back at some point, of course I will. When you leave your country, everything feels so fast. And yeah, I just like remember when, like whenever I went to my grandmother's house, we used like to sit outside in the, uh, in the, like in the backyard garden and you just like sit around and you just like talk and everything there smells so... I do miss the old city so much. Like I used to go and just like walk with my friends. You just like walk for hours. Even if you don't have anything to do, you just like walk around and you talk. I love Washington Square Park. The fact that you can go listen to jazz for free. Like I cannot think of anything today in New York that will stay in my memory for like another 10 years. But small things in Syria, like just sitting, like looking up or just like walking with your friends around, not having anything to do, just like walking and, and talking, making fun of each other, is like just sticks in your memory. Of course, of course, I will go back and of course I will. I'm not sure if I can go back though.